0: Broadcasting live from the RR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Ponsonor and Lincoln Kennedy. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Yeah, absolutely. I think
1: they've done a really good job. I mean, you could tell that us coming in for an offseason helped them, you know, learn the scheme. Obviously, it's a new defensive scheme, so they had to learn that. Any any extra reps you can get at our offense, you, you're, you need it every day. You know, coaches putting in new things literally every day. We haven't – you ask these young guys, I don't think we've stopped putting in new plays since they got here, you know. Um, and that, that's hard as a young guy. So I think that that alone has helped them. Um, Did we lose sound? Vinny, are you there?
2: I am here, uh, but I lost track of what Derek Carr was saying, um, and hopefully everyone can hear us, but um, that was Derek Carr talking about the rookie uh, class and the, how impressive this rookie class has been, and it's it's. I don't want to lose track too Lincoln of last year's rookie class, because I thought... Not having a typical offseason because of COVID-19 really set them back. Then injuries uh, played a role as well. But I kind of almost lump everybody, all of these, the 2020 class and the 2021 class, kind of in the same, um, you know, uh, category. It's 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 one and the same to me at this point uh, because I think we're going to finally get a chance to see Henry Ruggs with a full offseason, Brian Edwards with a full offseason, um, and John Simpson who looks to be in great shape uh, right now. Uh, but obviously, you know, uh, Lincoln, heads are spinning. Um Rookies are being tested, rookies are being counted on and it's not like it used to be Lincoln. it just seems like more and more young players get pushed uh, into prominent roles uh, very way more or way, way earlier than in in
1: past years. financial situation for most teams they're putting more of an emphasis on the rookie contracts because they can still control the overhead without having to pay, you know, absorb amount of money for free agents. So that's sort of been the way the league has been going for quite some time, and that's why you want to try to get as much as you can with that, that quarterback that you pick in the first round, as many years as you can before that fifth-year option comes up, before you have to pay that big money, because then it's going to handcuff you from, from, from doing a lot of other things or a lot of other big names, and you want to do the same thing. That's why you, your draft has to be so well, and you see a lot of teams like the Raiders who haven't done a really a whole lot with free agents. Well, let's not say that haven't done a lot, haven't been successful a lot with free agents. To see, um but but more putting into the bread and butter as far as their draft and building up their stock from within
2: you have to do it uh lincoln it's yeah. just it's draft and development is so key um like you you, you have to and you, look do you think the rams wanted to walk away from john johnson or even corey littleton right. last year no of course not but you have to make hard decisions that's why sometimes when when people look at draft classes Lincoln and and they gauge it as did they get their second contract with the team that drafted them all right uh, you know and 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 try to use that as the as a barometer of was that a successful draft or not? Well, if you look at John Johnson from the Rams, no, he didn't sign uh, with the, with the Rams. That was a spectacular draft pick in the third round who just because he was so good and because of where the Rams were um, in terms of their salary cap, same with Corey Littleton the year before, they just couldn't justify bringing them back uh, for the money that they deserved, that they had played themselves into. So you know and, and and you have to understand that sometimes that look we're going to have to say goodbye to good players it doesn't mean we don't want to keep them it doesn't mean we missed out on them uh, in the draft or whiffed on them in the draft they just kind of outpriced our situation right now and that's why it's so important lincoln to always be drafting behind good players that could be the case, Lincoln, with Andre James replacing Rodney Hudson. Yeah. Um, that's the concept that that, and you you have to play that game, otherwise you're just. I mean, it, it, and it's a, it's a bad reality, I think, of 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 the NFL and the salary cap uh, situation, because you don't want to lose Rodney Hudson, but sometimes you have to.
1: It really is. It's a hard decision because we not only are you talking about the here and now, but you also have to look for the forward, for the forward to the future, and and then when those 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 salaries get so far up, you can't do other things. You can't assign other people, and you and here's also the thing when it comes to like Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. I believe Coach Cable went to to Mayock and Gruden and said, "Look, I think Andre James can play." it's time time to give him a chance you know see what you have on the cupboard and then the same thing is with with incognito coming back he's like look i think i think we can move denzel good over to the right and he can play either right or left we got rich incognito another year i think we can make it work so you're 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 cutting you're sort of trimming down the way you want to to be able to go out and get other players and maybe go out and get a signing or get under the salary cap for maybe a big deal that you're looking forward to that's just the everyday business that you have to deal with
2: right and um what's so what's so um you know kind of interesting about that is i think if you talk to john gruden if you talk to who any coach in the nfl they'd love to pay all these guys whatever they could you know what i'm saying like right. they want to keep a lot of these guys but again the reality of the situation is you just go back to the last offseason for the raiders colton miller's big number, was coming up. His payday was coming up. There were holes that they needed to fill on defense. They needed to create salary cap. Where do you go to find that salary cap money? Well, let's see. The offensive line was the highest paid offensive line in the NFL last year and was projected to be the highest paid line in the NFL this year, even without Colton Miller signing his extension. So, guess what? Trent Brown and the 16 or whatever million dollars he was scheduled to make and and, and Rodney Hudson and, and Gabe Jackson, that was the easy place to look. And that's when you have the conversation, Lincoln, that you just mentioned. John Gruden talking to uh, uh, Tom Cable. Tom, we don't really want to lose these guys or at least two of those guys, but we may have to. Are we going to be okay? And that's where Tom Cable has to be straight up and honest and forthcoming and either say, Hell no. We can't you have to find it someplace else because we are so depleted back there that it, it it doesn't make any sense. Or, and this was the case, absolutely, and you know, Tom Cable brought this up to us. You know, look, if 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 you don't have it on your roster and you actually have to go out and find it some other way, there's no way you could justify making a trade like that. Right. You just can't. You're just leaving yourself vulnerable now they always knew that alex leatherwood is going to or somebody was going to be there at number 17 they were going to find their right tackle in the draft and they believed and had a comfort level that it would be alex leatherwood so that was a case where they did have to go out to the draft but they had good and good enough intelligence that they understood that he was going to be there but in the case of rodney hudson you have to have somebody in line to replace him and in that case that's andre james
1: right and then then that's just moving on that's keeping it moving and that's why i've said you know when we especially when we first started working last year these teams have got a very short window it used to be four years now it's even less than that because you're going to have some guys and it's the same things will happen for the raiders when all these number one draft choices come up for their contract there's going to be some hard decisions they're going to have to make. They're going to have to make a hard decision with Derek Carr. This is going to be some big money affecting decisions. That So you want to see what you have out of these young men. You want to thrust them in and see that if you drafted well, you scouted well, and then go from there.
2: Lincoln, is is it safe to say that uh, a position like offensive line um, can sometimes tend to be more of a development Position. And I say that because a guy like Andre James, you know, uh, yeah, you you obviously you'd love for rookies to come in and start right off the bat. But sometimes, you know, you don't need that. Sometimes you are planning for the future. So you invest a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, or maybe even an undrafted free agency to bring in a guy that you feel, hey, let's get him in our building. Let's get him in our system. Let's feed him right. Let's train him right. Let's get him uh, conditioned right. We're going to be able to develop a good offensive lineman. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a first-round pick. It could be one of those later picks, uh, or or in in undrafted free agency. But why do we do we see that a little bit more? Maybe with offensive linemen.
1: I don't know how you develop anybody in this day and age, in this game right now, to be honest with you, Vinny. Well, Andre because, James might be. Well, I mean, might- I mean, Andre, well, he was obviously sitting on the shelf for a while while he was playing behind an all pro center. Yes. And that's a little bit different, but you, you can't necessarily draft and put them on the shelf because one, it takes up a roster spot. And two, the way the rules are, unless, unless it's a veteran that's sharing reps, they're not going to get any work. I mean, they're they're thrusted the scout team duty, which is not necessarily running your offense. You're running everyone else's offense, and all you could probably do, like in Morrissey's case, you draft him a young man out of sixth out of Pittsburgh. Now, I think he's a little undersized. He needs to put on some weight. You can do you could do that in time. You can get right. him stronger in time. You could do that. But as far as development play wise, I don't know how they do that because it, let, let's say you most of the guys that we've seen in preseason are are go what we call camp bodies. We're just trying to get through the preseason games. A lot of them aren't going to make the roster. Some of them will, but a lot of them aren't. So, do you put the ones that you're thinking that you're going to put down on development? You got to put on practice squad. Can you can you afford to do that? That's where it becomes a lot lot more difficult.
2: No, and and I completely agree. Um, But somebody like a John Simpson, somebody like an Andre uh, James, they're not going to they're not the answer today. You, and you also you keep him on the roster because you believe, hey if 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 Rodney was to go down, we believe that Andre James can get in there and, and play well enough to keep our heads above water. It's not It's not going to be perfect right now. He is on a development track, but we feel we're going to be able to get him there. same with the John Simpson. I just it's just it just seems to me like I see that sometimes with offensive linemen. Yes, you have your first round picks and yes you have your day one starters. Alex Leatherwood fits that bill. But was there anybody that, of your line mates that you played with um, in in uh, in the NFL Raiders, uh, mm-hmm. were there guys that they brought in you know and didn't start right off the bat, but you could tell they were putting in the work behind the scenes and then eventually were ready to be a starting player uh, alongside a Lincoln Kennedy?
1: Well, you you were hoping. I mean, I remember when when uh, Mo Collins got drafted. May rest in peace. He was one of my yep. best friends. When he came out of Florida, he was he was looked to be the left tackle. And it was supposed to be him and on uh, him and I bookends for the few, uh, for the for the Raiders. And then it didn't work out. He struggled at left tackle, they moved him in the guard, and we found Barry Sims. You know, so I mean just to, to name some guys that kinda come out of nowhere and make a name make a play for themselves.
2: Where um, was Barry Sims drafted?
1: uh that's Barry. i came out of utah i don't know exactly where he was drafted or when he was drafted but or if he was drafted but i know that we had him on the roster and and we he were able to plug in and he played well and then we had ourselves a left tackle we put our line together but there were many guys that we were bringing in over my time from frank middleton to daryl gardner i mean there was guys left and right um that we were trying to play around with to see who would have that right combination it's it's a mix. You got to make sure you stay under the salary cap, as you said. You talked about um, and 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 hope that the best, especially if you draft a guy, you know, because you know, we drafted a couple of guys that didn't work out, and just not it just they just didn't have it in them to be starters on on the level that we needed them, so we had to move on.
2: Right, and that happens too. I mean, absolutely. You know, we, we talk about Brandon Parker. Not quite sure what the plan is. Uh, the, the, the long-range plan is, is, is for him. But he's a guy that, again, you go back to when he was drafted, he was clearly a development guy, right? Yeah. He wasn't going to be a guy that they felt could start day one. But they felt like he had the necessary attributes um, and skill set and projectability to be somebody down the road. Now, there's a case where we've gotten three years down the road and still not quite sure if, if he's ever going to be able to be that guy. Whereas an Andre James, and we're going to find out about Andre James, you know, maybe, maybe Tom Cable completely missed the boat on, on this one. I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think Andre James is going to, going to hold his own. Uh, But that's a guy where they brought him in for a specific purpose, um, long range purpose, because they knew eventually Rodney Hudson, whether it was through age or, you know uh outpricing himself due, relative to the salary cap they were going to have to move on from him and here's a guy that's been in the program now for 2 years and let me ask you this what do you consider development like what are your what's your criteria cuz it's going to be impossible you don't rotate offensive linemen you can't right. you, there was no. no way to bring Andre James in there and no need to bring on Andre James in there right. if Rodney Hudson is 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 healthy right um so but there's still you have to develop him because there's going to come a time where he's going to probably be the starting center he's going to take over so where's the development phase i know it's difficult
1: usually it's in (laughs) preseason.
2: but but what about what's going on during the season
1: during the season a lot of times because you've got very limited reps with your starters let's say you go out there and you've got a, a a 20 play uh set for the offense moving the ball the, the ones are going to take a majority, and the, the twos are going to get a little backup playing them. But most of the time, the twos and the threes or are, are, are those other linemen, are, especially on practice squad, are doing scout team. They're doing everything else. They're doing all the, all the, 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 and depending on the numbers that you have, sometimes those offensive scout players will go over and play defensive line just to give you a look, just to give you a person, just to give you a body. Right. That's, but that's not development. That's just going through the, you know, going through the rigors throughout the season. Well, development comes when you actually get in there and you get the plays and you go out and play. And that's why I'm one of those guys that says, no, you don't need four preseason games, but you do need some preseason games because other than that, these guys won't get any reps. I, I, in my time. I've never seen Derek Carr share reps unless John Gruden say, "Okay, it's step down now. Someone else take it." Right? You see, what and I'm, I'm with
2: you, I, and I absolutely, and I am with you on that. Like, that's where, you know, uh, that's where the preseason is important for guys, like, for for the younger guys to be able to develop and get in there and get actual playing reps. But short of that, when we get into the regular season, then you're talking about. Um, you know the scout team and, and all that type of stuff. Where does classroom? Where does conditioning? Where does all of that? Because you're still there's still work that can be done. You don't want to waste the time. No. Just because he's so. So what? What's happening aside from the field? Aside from practice? What's what else is going on? To to. Make sure that these guys are on a track to eventually
1: help. Well, you. one of the things I was referring to with, under the current CBA, the way things are, is that even if – let's say you're my offensive line, Coach Vinny, and I come to you and I say, Coach Vinny, I really want to work on my hands. Uh, is there something that you could take me through out in the field and take some drills or whatever? They can't do that. They have a certain amount of hours. They are like the college football rule where they only have a certain amount of hours where they can work with guys. That's against the rules and it goes against the CBA. So if it's filmed and they film everything, every time you touch up go out in the field, they film everything. When you have a walkthrough, it's got to be a walkthrough. It can't be a jog through. It's not a run through. It's a walkthrough. So this is what the current state is in. And that's why I say it's hard to develop in. And what's what's even more of a disservice with the CBA is because you're a professional. This is your job. You still can't get that extra help. You have to do it on your own. Or a coach has got to assign you things. Hey, go, you know, take a bag, go and do this off the, you know, off the field or whatever, or in a weight room or something like that. Don't you know, just, just keep it between us. That's what, that's what it's come to this, these days.
2: Yeah. Before we go to break, I I always tell this story. Uh, I I, I was doing a story on Larry Brown, uh, the NBA coach, great NBA coach. And uh, he was coming into Los Angeles, they were on a West Coast road trip, he was coach of the New York Knicks. And so I go up to Sacramento and Golden State where they were playing, you know, to go visit with them, interview them, you know, all that kind of stuff that you do uh, when you're doing a story like that. So it's before the Sacramento Kings-Knicks game up at the uh, Arco Arena up in Sacramento. Way before the game, and it's and I'm sure you've been to NBA games, mm-hmm, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your young players out there working out. That's their game time. They're right. not gonna play unless it's a blowout or something like that. But their development is happening way before the game starts when they're working on their game with assistant coaches. All right. So I go, I'm walking around and I see Larry Brown sitting on the New York Knicks bench two hours before the game. I don't ever see the head coach out there in that at that time, never, rarely. Okay. So I go walking down, sit next to him. I go, Why are you why are you out here right now? And he's not even looking at his own player. He's looking at the other side where the Sacramento Kings rookies and right. and guys that are develop you know, he's watching those guys. Yeah. He goes, I always like to look at the other team's guys in that situation, he goes because you never know when a trade might happen uh, or you know where, where where a name gets thrown out that I'm not real familiar with, but I have a reference point. Oh, that's that guy that I saw in Phoenix working yeah. his butt off and looking pretty good, you know, blah blah blah. So he was he was already looking at that for him. That's the way he was you know, look at that things. And then he says to me, he taps me on the, on, uh, on my leg. And he's like, look at this guy right over here. And he pointed to one of his young players. And this guy was getting worked by Patrick Ewing, who was mm-hmm. an assistant coach. I mean, they're just sweating, getting after it, working. He goes, he's, he's probably going to play 10 minutes this year. He was kind of exaggerating, but you're never going to see him. He right. goes, But watch this kid. He's going to be a good player in the nba it was david lee oh, wow. <laughs> if you remember yeah remember, he I remember went it. to the yeah. golden state Warriors. Yep. made probably like 80 million dollars in his career turned out to be a pretty decent yeah. player but this was his first or maybe second year and he wasn't on in the rotation he wasn't anything of any significance at that point he was working and developing on his game barely got on the game but larry brown said watch this guy and so you know it, it's it's hard to develop guys in real time uh in the nfl there's only like you said so much you can do but whether it's practice or whether it's taking the time to get there to the gym early two hours before the game and put the work in um you can't waste your time i guess is what i'm saying
1: no you can't but you also have to make every opportunity work when you do and that's that's the big thing we saw brandon parker come along in three years but he's still so far to go and like we were talking yesterday i said you know i think that he's he's better than he was, but I still can't trust him because he's inconsistent. You know, you, you you can't you can't have one game where you look like you know what you're doing and then the other one you get totally lost and you get beat off of simple stuff. It just can't happen.
2: Yeah, uh, well, when we get back, let's take a look at that offensive line depth chart. I want to see who you would be comfortable with as that swing tackle uh, if the season were to start, like, right now. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonson. here in Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahado Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM.
0: Interact with the show. Text Benny and Lincoln on the Salmonash text line at 69187. Or tweet them at Benny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Benny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM.
2: All right, Lincoln, we're talking about the depth chart along the offensive line, uh, specifically at Tackle. By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Raider Nation Radio nine twenty 20 a.m. Uh, the starters, uh, obviously, you're good shape there. Colton Miller and Alex Leatherwood. Looks like he's uh, on the fast track uh, to being a, a, a good, solid NFL player. Uh, but behind them, Lincoln, Brandon Parker, Devree, Hamilton, and jared
1: jones smith well can't go with hamilton because it, he had his lunch handed to him in the fourth quarter of last week's game so um i don't think he's there yet um i've seen some promise out of jared jones i don't think he's strong enough at the point as far as you're playing swing tackle now when you talk about swing tackle you got to keep in consideration and I know this is for people at home you want them to play either right or left tackle that it comes down. Because so typically mm-hmm. when you go into a game situation on a game day roster, you'll have, um, if they could get away with seven, they would. But usually they have eight offensive linemen suited up. You have your five starters and then you have your three reserves. And two of those reserves have to be able to play either left and right guard or left and right tackle. So uh, to answer your question, Vinny, we don't really have it on the roster, if you ask me, to be honest with you.
2: All right. So I'll throw this out to you again. If a tackle were to go down, Brandon Parker, would you? Okay, um, or this? Would you be open to Denzel Good moving out to that tackle position, whichever one it might be? Inserting John Simpson as a starting guard, and you have you still have um, Nick Martin, who has guard in his background, um, you know, to to be that that swing, I guess, guard, uh, position, uh, at that point, is that something that you would think about, or would you just go right to Brandon Parker?
1: No, I mean, more? You know, yeah, yeah. I, I was taking consideration that we, you know, that was the choices out of the tackles. I right. would, I would more likely to go with, with Denzel good than I would with Brandon, even before Brandon Parker
2: is Denzel good capable of playing left tackle. I know it's a tall order, but I mean,
1: Ooh, I would say no. <laughs> All right, so I mean,
2: like, like this is this is the kind of game you have to play. All right, so if let's say, you know, knock on wood, uh, but let's say Colton Miller goes down, would you be okay with maybe flipping Leatherwood to left tackle and then Denzel Good goes over to right tackle and then do exactly what we are talking about in terms of the guards? No,
1: that's why you can't let Brandon Parker go. So, you, so Leatherwood can't play left tackle to Lake. He can't. It would, it would no he can't it would be a struggle okay more
2: so than uh brandon parker
1: not more so I th- brandon i can play left tackle he wouldn't be my go-to guy with my start, but as a backup role, he could play left tackle
2: okay so um i guess long story short here how comfortable then are you with the current situation
1: well i would say this i'm more comfortable with this projection of offensive linemen. If we're going to keep, say, in an ideal world, you'll keep 10 offensive linemen. I would keep my starting five, which is Colton Miller, Incognito, Andre James, Denzel Good, Alex Leatherwood. Then I would go with Nick Martin, John Simpson, Brandon Parker. And I would probably – That's eight. And then I would put two on developmental – and if I would put two on developmental, it would probably be Patrick Amame and I think Patrick Jimmy got Morrison. Cut. Oh, Patrick got cut? Okay, well, oh, then that's, that's a new. No,
2: no, no, he's still there, but he's left oh, okay. his guard. My bad, my bad. Okay. Yeah,
1: you're right. Um, uh, uh, it would keep him as development and Jimmy Morrissey as development.
2: So you're going to... Um more so you would you would wave morrissey put him on the uh practice, practice squad. Squad. and yes. i, I only say wave because um, you have
1: to cut him first to do that
2: yeah right and you run the risk of him yeah. getting picked up but if that happens somebody would have to put them on his 50 on their 53 man, man exactly. roster
1: yeah i don't necessarily
2: see that happening right um or would you I, you know uh at what point do you start maybe like it's, it's just i don't know i don't know uh, here's and here's,
1: you know, here's what i'll project here's what i'll throw because i've been doing some scenarios in my head um you know, you need a linebacker, right? Um, what about the possibility of going after Jalen Smith and the Cowboys and trading Brandon Parker in a late round pick? Because I just
2: yeah, I saw I saw that. Um I mean I think if you're the if you're the if you're the if you're the Raiders you probably do that I guess in a heartbeat, I don't know, because but you know, that it's still that it really leaves you vulnerable on the offensive line. But yeah. In that scenario you're 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 going with uh, Jared Jones Smith.
1: That scenario you're going with Jared Jones Smith, yes. And then you're if you if he has to play, you're going to use the hell out of your multi tight end packages.
2: Yes, which they do. Yes. Um, there, there's no they're in they're in twelve thirteen personnel all the time. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Uh, I, I like Jalen Smith. His his I've, I've been doing a little bit of uh, looking into uh, Jalen. It doesn't look like he's played great these last couple of years, but. Right. You Know, um, considering where the Raiders are right now, um, it, it, it's an upgrade, yeah. You know, it's stuff, def- it's Fun. reliability. And you played like a Pro Bowl, yeah, as early a while as a there. Of years. yeah,
1: that's that's my thing. It's like right now, what what because you're thin at the position, you need a veteran who's capable of coming in and can and can play right away, doesn't have right. to start right away, but needs to play right away. You see what I'm saying because you still yes. got to remember special teams positions and usually a lot of you know you'll you'll have uh, you'll have a team that'll keep some of their linebackers just for to play special teams and you're you're thin oh, there without
2: a doubt you have to you, Yeah, that's, that's that's definitely a consideration that's that's sometimes the the uh, deciding factor Absolutely. and this guy and that's where that's why it's so frustrating if you're the Raiders these types of injuries right now because Divine Diablo and Tanner Muse are on this team period exclamation point um, under any circumstance. But in the best-case scenario, they're guys that are just strictly, for now, um, spot players. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get them on the field in a package to accentuate what they do. But but ideally, you, you want them focusing on special teams. That's right. where they're going to be a strong point for your special teams unit. Now, um, it looks like they're going to have to be pressed into multiple duties, either multiple duties in terms of Starting uh, or playing a lot, and then also doing the special teams, or whoever you have as their backup, if one of them starts, have them be a special teams player, and they might not be the better; they not be might not be as good a special teams player as as either one of those two players. Yeah. Now, I have to ask you this: like, where do you draw the line in terms of starting and playing special teams?
1: Um, every every guy should be willing to play special teams on my team. Right, it's 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 absolutely essential. I'm not saying that it's going to be out there, but you got to be willing to do it uh, if we need it. If if you're the best um, linebacker who can cover and has good speed, you're playing special teams. Not to right. play it all the time, but you know I got to have you out there. I need you out there. Special teams are important. You know oh, it, 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 exactly, and and so we can't just say, well, you could take this off or you can't do this, but you know I need I need all hands on deck when we're talking about a team game.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember that that Corey Littleton came up that track with the Rams, and even when he was starting, he was still playing special teams, blocking punts and things like that. And he said, I'm never going to frown on playing special teams. He goes, this was my ticket to win a spot on this roster uh, and to bide my time while I also showed them that I could do it as a linebacker. Uh, So I'm always going to think about playing special teams. Now, I I don't know if you ever get to a point where – you don't want to risk a guy that's that valuable to you uh, on special teams. But I always liked and respected the fact uh, that, that Corey was open to it, you know, and he, he did it a lot with the Rams. He did a lot doing both last year. He didn't play as much. I don't believe with the Raiders on special teams, but uh, I've seen him definitely out there uh, uh, this year. I saw divine Diablo today, practicing, um, you know, that position on the, um, on, on the punt team, the blocker that's on the side uh, that stands up, along the uh, line of scrimmage to, to block. He's like the last line of defense in front of the punter. And he was working with a special teams coach on the proper footwork to you're, you're standing up, you know, kind of crouched down, um, and then moving that right foot out, or if you're on the other side, moving that left foot out to get leverage yeah. and be in a position. So obviously that's a role that he's probably going to have, along with every other special teams group that, that that's out there. Again, Lincoln, when we talk about this, the, the numbers are so finite. You've got 46 players uh, to, to, to mess around with in a game. Everybody, like you said, Short of your quarterback has to be has to play some sort of a role on those special teams.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why, you know, places like that receiver room and places like that defensive line room becomes so important because you're going to have to ask some of those guys, whether it's Malcolm Kuntz and how, by the way, did you get an update on his ankle? How's he doing?
2: Malcolm Kuntz uh, was back out there today, so okay, it looks good. like yeah, he's fine um, and he definitely earned some respect yeah. by coming back out on the field. No doubt. Uh, on I was Saturday pleased and, to see that. Win. Yeah,
1: but but just just the fact that where you've got so many you've got so many names in that defensive line room, somebody's going to have to contribute. Someone's going to have to play special teams. to have to do their part, and they might be a starter or or or, or an old time vet that might have to be out there for a few snaps.
2: No doubt about it. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Saul is on the line. How you doing, Saul?
1: Hey guys, just listening to you uh, talk about the subject, and it's just kind of getting under my skin because uh, you know I hate to be that guy, but you know we had a player that could uh, rotate both of those positions, but uh, you know we, we let him go, um, and uh, you know I think it's I think it's best right now to try to sign uh, right and uh, maybe get rid of like uh, you, know, you guys are saying, or I don't think it was you, but I think it was Q. Maybe letting go of Rashard and 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 or somebody that we can get the money from because we need a, a dependable linebacker if
0: we're going to
2: have a shot at this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, uh, Lincoln. There's 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 a reason why KJ Wright hasn't signed yet. He's yeah. asking for too much money, and it's not just a Raider issue. There's 31 other teams that are not giving him what he wants right now, including his former team, the Seattle Seahawks who I'm sure he would love to go back and play with. But the Seattle Seahawks are doing exactly what the Raiders are doing right now. Lincoln, they're saying, we want to see what we have with our young players yeah. um, before we go paying somebody um, a lot of money, maybe needlessly. Maybe we don't need to pay that guy that kind of money. So there's there's also that – you know K.J. Wright's not going anywhere right now uh, unless somebody steps up and meets his demand. And I don't necessarily see who's going to do that. Between now and you know uh, the regular season, Seattle Seahawks. If the Seattle Seahawks, Lincoln, had a pressing need at that position, wouldn't they have ponied up the money already?
1: Well, there's no doubt about it. They, and they had to sign their guy Jamal Adams, their safety, and they still have a, a Dwayne Brown, their tackle, to worry about. So they've got they've got a lot of money that they've got to put up in, in order to, to to stay relevant. But I will say this. You know, when you talk about uh, usually at this time, the way this things are structured these days, unless there's a blaring need at the end of camp. Now, we got one more week to go. So look at the time between the last preseason game and the first game, uh, the regular season game for, for all the teams out there. If there's a blaring need or something, somebody will make something happen during that week. You know what I mean? To get a guy in that they definitely need, especially if it's a veteran. I'm not willing to say that he's going to get all his money, but even at that time, I'm sure K.J.'s right agent is saying, hey, look, you want to play this year? We might have to take less money. It happened. Um, who was the big defensive end that was a first-round pick from Houston? Went to the final. Clowney. To, yeah, it happened Jadavia. to David. He had to humble himself because he was asking for too much money. So, you know, that that's one of the instances that I, I immediately remember. Sometimes you have to humble yourself. If you want to play, you got to put it out there. You know, maybe take a one-year contract, prove your value or prove your worth. But it, it's not always going to be as gravy as the, as you think. Hey, guys, and Q's yeah. got some breaking news for us. What's that?
2: Uh, apparently, according to Adam Schefter, uh, Denzel Perryman has just been traded to the Raiders from the Panthers. Oh, there you wow. go. Wow. Okay. Um, awesome. That's uh, – that's, that's, a, a guy that um that obviously has a lot of familiarity with um with uh, with with Gus Bradley uh, yeah. playing with him in, in with the chargers so what do you think about that
1: I'm trying to remember the last time I saw him play was not bad um here's what here's what uh, what i have a question because i just i just looked him up he had an injury in the camp how healthy is he
2: yeah we're gonna find out here yeah. uh pretty pretty quick um so uh you know um
1: gotta pass the first yeah we can take a break they, right now and we can come back and regroup yeah yeah
2: well what i was gonna say was curveball this is why, <laughs> <laughs> real quick what i was gonna say was this is why um yeah this is the point i was gonna make uh just previously lincoln was everyone says pay pay kj right pay j pay kj right i get it i understand it but you don't want to be so desperate that you overpay for something that if you just wait and have patience, maybe somebody that's either the equivalent of or maybe just a little bit less than becomes available, whether that's a cut, whether that's through a trade, whatever the scenario might be, it's not always best just to rush out there because you have talked yourself into into this desperate need that you might have. And so that's why it's always, hey, just, just hold on. First of all, there's 31 other teams. Mike Mayock is talking to... All of those teams about, hey, what do you, uh, how's your linebacker situation? What, what would it take to go get this guy or that guy at a maybe a fraction of the cost that it would take to go get a KJ Wright? So there's all different ways to skin a cat, Lincoln, and rushing into something isn't always the most prudent thing to do.
1: Well, when you wreak a sense of urgency, it also gets more expensive so exactly, <laughs> exactly. so for something to consider
2: <laughs> absolutely well you're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila Embajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday
0: Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. Or tweet them at Benny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation
1: Radio 920 a.m.
2: Well, Lincoln uh, Denzel Perryman, what do you think? What are your uh, well, thoughts on that?
1: Okay, we were talking about financial situations. The Panthers signed him to a two-year, six million dollars deal. So you break it down, it's three million. The Raiders really didn't have to give up much. Um, I think Demond, if he's there, Demond gave the the breakdown of the trade. What 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 were the uh, the trade, Demond? Uh, yes, the Raiders gave up a sixth round pick, but they're also getting back a seventh round pick in next year's draft. So it's really it's really a low risk move. Um paraman has been solid when he's been able to play, but he's also had a ton of injuries throughout his seven-year career uh, on his knees and his ankles. And he's still injured right now. I was just reading up some reports. Um, so it, it's it's a low risk to see if you can get something out of the guy because you need immediate help, and it's cheap right now. And here's a guy who's familiar with the system. So I, I'm hoping that it would be a good move. Now you've got – uh, he got stepped on. He was injured as of yesterday, uh, Perryman. So one thing is he's got to come in and pass the physical. They got to see what how severe the injury is or if it's severe at all. And then you think about it, uh, put in perspective, you got, what, three weeks to heal up before the first game? Or, you know what I mean, before your first regular season game? Yeah, and I think that that helps
2: a lot that you have three, like you said, three weeks. It doesn't sound like I, you know, I don't think the Raiders are going to be trading for anyone uh, that had a serious uh, injury. I'm sure they, you know, uh, there's a trust factor that goes on, obviously, uh, between general manager and general manager. Nobody's looking to, you know, uh, ding the other guy necessarily. The Raider, the the Panthers want this to work out because the compensation uh, was suitable for them. But in terms of how he fits, um, Lincoln with the Raiders under Gus Bradley, who's he's played the last four years under mm-hmm. over uh, in Los Angeles. I mean, not a bad option to, to turn to given the familiarity, given the talent and given the kind of minimal uh, amount of compensation.
1: Well, that's so the, the the latter two factors are the ones that I, I'm focused on. The familiarity and, and really doesn't have to be pay a lot of money to get someone in here because right now what you're trying to do, if you're the Raiders, you're trying to buy time. You still believe in Nicholas Morrill. You still have some faith that Javon White could possibly be that guy. You still want to see where Tanner Muse is going. So the linebacker room is not completely decimated, but you are short on bodies. And in order to protect them and still have some sort of consistency without changing up so much of your defense before your first game, you get somebody in who knows the system who might be able to play for you in the event that you need him.
2: Uh, absolutely. And and from uh, – I- it has been confirmed, at least on my end. Uh, I do think the physical will come in play yeah. uh, at at some point. So um, I don't think the Raiders are gonna, you know, uh, uh, get out there uh, and and make any kind of big announcement until that end of it gets taken care of. But but assuming he is healthy, um, and that's not a bad bridge back uh, tomorrow, and it allows you to not have to just really press guys like Divine Diablo, guys like Tanner Muse uh, into into. Duty that you know maybe they're ready for maybe they're not ready for but given the stakes given who they're playing to start the season Lincoln it, it, you, you're just you could sleep better knowing you got a guy like Perryman to run out there uh, for as many games as 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 needed to get you back to uh, a Nicholas Morrow and then it helps your depth down the road as well
1: yeah there's no I think that's the key right there it helps your depth look they're going to have to get some uh when you talk about mobile quarterbacks or stopping mobile quarterbacks is the first one you see is going to be running and I don't know how right now I don't know what you know what their scheme of things is going to be in order to contain him but that's that's absolutely essential if you want to make him uh run uh you want to make him uh stay in the pocket or try to contain him rather than getting him on the perimeter
2: uh, absolutely so you know uh for the for the the raiders don't want to win a uh, crowd because they didn't rush into <laughs> signing kj Wright. and who knows maybe they still do that but uh again you don't want to and lincoln you, you you brought up the great point you don't want to be in a position where you act desperately yeah. because that's not gonna you, you you're gonna you, you don't have to be number one it's we haven't even gotten to the week one of the regular season yet. Right, uh, it's a seventeen game set schedule. There's plenty of time uh, to really get this thing sorted out. But, and and like you said, their guys Nicholas Morrow. That's who they like. That's who their starting linebacker is. And I'm sure, based on what they're getting medically from their from their doctors. Uh, they feel like he's going to come back. And we talked to John Gruden about it today. He said that he feels like Nicholas Morrow, um, you know, it looks, sounds like it's going to be a little bit longer than than Javin White, which is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, but, you know, hopefully it's not some kind of a season ending thing or some kind of a seven, eight week type of a situation. I guess we're going to find out. But, um, you know, to, to me, this, this shows like, hey, um, the Raiders have been doing their homework. The Raiders uh have been on the phone working it and here's the other thing gus bradley's influence is is in this as well i'm sure he gave them yeah i think he still has something left on the left in the tank based on what i saw last year how how much importance does that take on?
1: Well, it's it's very important because that that you have a coach who's believing in his coaching staff, just like we were talking earlier in the show about his belief in what Tom Cable has for the offensive line. I'm sure you know Gruden has turned over the same belief to Gus Bradley for defense. Um, you know, for what it's worth, you know Perryman was a second round draft choice out of Miami in 2015, and he played most of his well, his entire career up until recently um, with the Chargers. And I don't know if he played in a second game. Last year between the Raiders and the Chargers, but I did see him make a couple of good plays in the first game. So um, you know, to me it 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 goes down like this, Vinny. I think that because out of necessity, you get as you said, you get him cheap. Two years, six million dollars. Break it down, however it comes out. Get him cheap for the next for the. He's not your future. You're putting your future in guys like Nicholas Morrow and Javon White Tanner Muse. You know, yes, that's the way you're going with your future. But he gives you a, a, a Band-Aid right now over the over the wound that is at linebacker depth.
2: Right, absolutely. And, um, you know, you're going to have to, again, the, the, the physical is something to keep an eye on. Um, hopefully that all works out. But it's a consideration because, like Lincoln said, There is an injury going on right now, and the Raiders have to be convinced that, uh, you know, uh, he's good to go before you give up anything. Um, And so that'll happen within the next day or so. Uh, But... And I will
1: say this real, real quick, Vinny. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I will say this. Yeah. In reading the information on Denzel, it, it, it just seemed like it was a freak thing that happened in practice where he got stepped on. He was coming back from a hip injury, and that's the one I'm most concerned about, but that wasn't the most recent injury. Injury. It just looked Maybe his foot got stepped on or he twisted an ankle. Um, it only happened a day ago, and he wasn't expected to play this week. So that's what the reports coming out of Carolina had him on. It was, like, it was a freak injury. He's just down, and he'll, he'll be back. So let's see. That's good news for the Raiders because... Because if he passes the physical, then you know they've they've got a guy that they can put in there for a while once he gets healthy.
2: Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, um, on that note, uh, we will be back at it tomorrow um, uh, here with uh, in the huddle with uh, Vinnie Monster and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Want to say thanks to all the callers, uh, Lincoln. Thank you uh, for all your insight as usual. I want to say thanks to all the listeners. Your why uh, we do this. Thank you to Embajador uh, Tequila. We'll try to um, wrap our heads around this trade, figure out what it all means, uh, and definitely uh, be back to talk about it uh, tomorrow. We'll see if he passes the physical uh, by the time we get on the air tomorrow. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday.